How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? Amazing. I am. <laughs> That's a lie. That is blatantly but, a lie. I <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> if I'm ever in a good mood, I'm not sober or I just ate something. I guarantee it. Uh-huh. But yeah. I mean, it's it's early afternoon. I did have like a walk. I hmm. got some gas. I had a Wawa sandwich. Uh, Ooh, now I'm yeah. just chilling on some coffee and hanging out. How about you? That's fair. I um, did not take a walk. I did get out of bed. We went to Taco Bell. We got a picture. They have like a, there's a chicken box thing. It's like a chicken wrap box is their current. Because Taco Bell does these like um, temporary box deals mm-hmm. that never really stick around. Taco Bell chicken. It's a chicken sandwich looking thing. But it looks very sad. Um, I'm going to send you a picture of one of these. And I'm going to show you the ideal. Um, but basically, it's just a wrap. Um, very small uh, pita-like wrap. Um, and there's a couple peppers on that. I didn't get peppers on mine. Some sort of like chipotle sauce. Um, but mine... Uh, you the wrap was not wrapped around. It was kind of just a piece of chicken with some sauce on a relatively flat pita. <laughs> Once I actually opened it, I was like, huh, this looks really sad. <laughs> um, and it, it did look really sad. It still tasted good though. I mean, it looks all right from the picture you sent. That's definitely their picture. Here's a picture that's closer to mine. Imagine this one, but flat. Or mostly flat. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's wild what they actually do for the promotional pictures. For uh-huh. certain things to make like, oh, this ice cream is nice and melty. But then like they're using glue and other shit to get it yeah. like a certain texture. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, doesn't that look appetizing? Yeah. They had like 150% contrast. Or not contrast. Um, saturation increase. And like the actual picture versus reality. Reality is just this desaturated mess. Yeah. And it looks like a very hard nugget. <laughs> like it's more breading than meat type thing. Yeah. I will say the quality of the chicken was all right. It was basically a tendy. Um, <laughs> it was one chicken tendy, large chicken tendy. <laughs> um, but overall, it wasn't bad. It's Taco Bell. So, I mean, like, you get what you pay for. <laughs> Yeah, you get what you pay for. Also, we just eat a lot of Taco Bell in this household. So uh, it's straight up an addiction. Anytime I'm talking to Jenny and we're like, what do we want to get for lunch? And I rattle off a list of things and I accidentally include Taco Bell in the list of things. It's already been decided. So that's like your go to if it's any any possibility. It's always that one. I think literally. So we had Mexican food yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, that we ordered in and it was delicious with some good stuff had some carnitas um enchiladas and it was really good and literally followed up with taco bell <laughs> for lunch today so no taco bell is not mexican food that's the bridge right but i understand like, i could see if you had mexican food you wouldn't necessarily for the average person be in the mood for taco bell immediately after for right. the next meal Exactly. It should at least knock it down a few pegs. But we were listing off a bunch of options. Wawa, Wendy's, you know. I think we excluded McDonald's Jules, which is always good. And still Taco Bell won out. So Jules is the one thing that like whenever we talk about it, I'm like, I miss Jules. Yeah. 
there's apparently one probably 10 or 15 minutes from me. Might mm-hmm. need to check out. Because I went to They're a local Swerks salad works because mm-hmm. I haven't been there in a long time. And it was underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, that was our last experience too. The one that used to be up by where you guys live, um, mm-hmm. that one was good. Like I yeah. didn't really have bad experiences there. But then each other one I would go to, I'm like, are you guys, is this the same business? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, our last time we ordered it delivered, but it didn't really match expectations. It was pretty sad. So we haven't really gone there much recently, which is unfortunate because I did like you used to enjoy their, um, um, I was going to say crispy chicken snack wrap. That's not right. That's something that used to be offered at McDonald's. They're uh, chicken Caesar. Light Parmesan. Hell yeah. It's good stuff. I would. The only change I would make there is it's buffalo chicken instead of chicken. Mm-hmm. That's a good Adds one. a little bit of a acidity to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I like it. Do you remember going there after like... You went to some post-work volleyball stuff here yeah. and there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd, we'd go with... I like, mean, I was part of the volleyball group. Yeah. But like when we went with Dustin... And then Dustin mm-hmm. would be eating his thing still, and we'd be done. We'd be hanging out for twenty minutes, <laughs> and he'd like sniff a piece of bread, then keep talking. <laughs> but he was conscious. That's he'd be like, "Hey show. guys, if you guys want to like leave, that's fine. I I know I take forever to eat." And we're like, "Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yep, see it. <ya>. Peace." <laughs> no, I do remember that. Those are good times. I do miss volleyball. It was um good regular exercise. Yeah, it's intensely draining. I like that we had a group. I still miss like playing back up in the the old country where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, the hills of Appalachia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically the hills, not the mountains. Um, right. Well, I mean, there are no real Appalachian mountains. Yeah, they're Appalachian hills. Common, common mm-hmm. misnomer. Yeah. But I mean, they Look still at- play up there. It's just, it'd be like an hour and a half for me to get there. Yeah, right. And then it starts at like 10 a.m., which I could make. I can get up early. But mm-hmm. then it's like, hey, um, do you want to play for three hours when you've had moderately no exercise for the past three years? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that would break me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just had a visual of the the, the Batman spine crack <laughs> with Bane. Oh. <laughs> just a volleyball player in Dave's back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff though. I, I used to be good. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I think you were a top, top skill uh, member. I mean, obviously. So I think at the peak of it, you were literally double dipping. You would. Uh, I would play, play Sundays back in the old country. Yeah, yeah, and also, we played once. I think a week for our work. Yeah, we tried for like Wednesday or Thursday. I think. Yeah, this is pre-podcast, um, obviously. Oh. Right. Yeah, we don't interact with people now. That would yeah, be we ridiculous. channeled all of our mental energy into this instead of exercise. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exercise the vocal cords. It's very important. Before, before this podcast, I had a spe- speech impediment. Mm-hmm. It's true, but we've absolutely broken that. Like Dave's back <laughs> when we go to play volleyball. Uh, no, but yeah, I think you were you were definitely uh, top player there. Um, and part of it was definitely because you were very ad like you advo- you've advocated for volleyball at multiple times. Like also when we were in school, I know we had a group going there for a while. 
I don't uh, think I started that. that though. I think Ralph might have, but I was yeah. immediately like, mm-hmm. "I know what this is." Yes, very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good yeah. good time as well. There's a I don't know we're going down memory lane here, um, but uh, I remember our sundress event. Yeah. There's still a picture of that I think up on Facebook. Um, and uh, no, that was a great time. That was a great time. I don't remember who organized that specifically. I still feel like it was probably Ralph. Like, I know he was there in the picture, at least. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, but I mean, like, I feel like whoever would have suggested Sundress probably would have already owned a Sundress. So I assumed it was a lady in our group. It could have been. Yeah. Hmm. Note to sell. Um, find origin of Sundress Volleyball. Yeah, I'm remembering the group there. I mean, everybody immediately agreed to it. So I don't know <laughs> who the instigator was. But recommend it for the listeners. Find a group of friends, wear sundresses, um, go play volleyball. And if you don't know what volleyball is, Google it. Jesus, I'm not your mom. But... <laughs> yeah. Maybe depending on your pandemic status, the vaccination status also <laughs> for for health reasons, I should disclaim. Um that this would be more difficult to arrange now than the before times. Good old before times. Yeah. There's some good stuff there. Uh, but other than that, I'm sitting here drinking my energy drink. I have three uh, cases currently, two on backlog, one cracked open. Um, they're going to be out of the uh, the lemon rain so I'm going to try a new flavor for the next shipment and see how that goes. But Fair warning, I would stay away from strawberry jalapeno. It sounds cooler <laughs> than it is because it tastes like shit. Okay, that's good. I picked orange dreamsicle as the one-time Delightful. replacement to try it. It's going to be good. Do you like orange creamsicle? I do, I do like orange you creamsicle. You will love this. <laughs> <laughs> they do a good imitation of that flavor. That's good. That's definitely good. I've been slowing down on my caffeine a lot, actually. That's probably healthier. Well, it's just like uh, my throat gets scratchy a little bit from it. And then mm. my heart's like, you're gonna die. I'm like, we <laughs> used to be so good at this. What happened? Right. Um, hmm. No, I mean, that's fair. It's definitely healthier to not have as much of a dependence on caffeine. Um. I mean, that's it. That's the end of my thought. <laughs> There's not really more to that. It's fair. It's it's literally like if history had gone a bit differently, you know, caffeine could potentially be one of these drugs that we're regula- regulating a bit more aggressively. Um, but no, it's acceptable. So I just take as much of it as possible. Um, I mean, it wasn't used in political gerrymandering, essentially. So mm-hmm. that's why I got away with it. Um and then Pretty alcohol much. had too much pushback, but marijuana yeah. people were racist, so that one got through. So yes, that is the short of it. <laughs> um, Google it. I'm not your mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be my go-to. I don't want to elaborate on something. Um, <laughs> it's. I remember when um, there was. Uh, I can't remember the word for it. Um, but a conversation in the Senate, they were talking, oh, the Mueller report thing. And a phrase I still occasionally like to use, even though it, like it's very, very specific, is there was 
someone was saying something that was very much like, hey, this is very politically motivated and it doesn't even end with a question. And then Mueller was like, I take your question. He said, like, I take your question. And there was like articles that were released. Like, is this a legal term? Is this a thing? Like saying, I take your question. Um, And to this day, I still remember it as sort of just, I pocket that as the most passively aggressive way to respond to not answer something is just say, I take your question. Um, It's it's just a blanket acknowledgement and nothing else. It's literally that. It's just like, got it. (laughs) Receive no response. Um, Although the context was a little bit different there because there was no actual question and he wanted to just acknowledge that in a polite way. (laughs) But it was was funny. I I do not have the skills for that. Yeah, no. Um, But saying I'm not your mom is basically the I take your question of our generation. There you go. I I feel like certain things like if I wasn't actually in a conversation with somebody, whether it's like a, a friend or an acquaintance type thing, I would probably give benefit of the doubt and actually provide explanation. Um, mm-hmm. Usually like, oh, do you not actually have context of this? OK, let me share what I know. Um, right. Instead of being like, wow, you're stupid because there's tons of things <laughs> dumb, that dumb. I just haven't heard about. We have to go, yeah. what? Because I live under a rock half the time. No, that's fair. That is fair. Speaking of Under a Rock, have you seen this game called Abyssus? No. <laughs> and so I don't know how to make the connection. How is it related to rocks? <laughs> so it's a roguelike FPS. And by roguelike, I mean like there's going to be chambers of rooms. Uh, there is a trailer for it uh, from Gamescom. I'm going to let you Google that, so I'm not typing. Um, I also right. don't have it up immediately. But <laughs> it's kind of like... They had a term for it where it's like undersea punk, but think okay. Bioshock and brine, brine punk. That's what it was. Brine punk, okay. which is a genre I was not previously aware of. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard of it for sure. But it looks um, kind of cool. Um, the trailer seems more cinematic than in-game at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where like things are just too too awkwardly smooth. Yes, it's very clearly rigged together instead of, you know, being actual gameplay. Yeah. Hmm. This is interesting. Now, I thought this was going to be a uh, a shenanigans because when I searched for Abyssus, um, the top result is actually from the Path of Exile wiki. <laughs> I was like, Okay, it's it's a rock for Path of Exile. Where are we going with this one? You know, it's like it's a socketable item. <laughs> I mean, I could always talk about Path of Exile. Yeah. Um, it looks interesting. It kind of reminds me of... Um, crap, it begins with Xeno. It's not Xenoblade. Xenomorph? Xeno Clash. Xeno Clash on Steam. It's like that kind of like fighty style it's i was gonna say arena brawler but it's not really um just based off of the early trailer for abyssus it does feel like every game has roguelike as a tag at this point um i don't really i don't hate it but it's it's very very prevalent right now so i will say at least towards the roguelike aspect 
I understand that it's probably easier to develop those variables and be like, oh, a lot of the content will be from you doing extra runs and just doing whatever uh, versus mm-hmm. having something that's planned out and that they have to go through. Right. Um, and I think, like, obviously, Hades, we always talk about as being a great example of that. But I'm sure other things will do okay, but I don't know how many are going to thrive. Like, right. what's going to be the mm-hmm. next big roguelike? Like, obviously, everybody knows Isaac as a an early instigator of that. Mm-hmm. Slay of the Spire was probably yeah, was actually the huge. big takeoff point for cards and roguelike space. there's a million, I don't want to say clones of that, but roguelike they are. cards. There are a lot of them, basically, are. They're the poorly developed clones. They're the rejects and the... Uh, like Patriot program or whatever for Metal Gear Solid. It's just, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not bad. It's just, I think that if um, games use it as a crutch, they're just like, Hey, we don't have the development effort to create a bunch of tailored content. So let's replace that with roguelike elements. That's in my opinion, not a recipe for success. Like it works in Hades because they put more effort into the game and the roguelike elements are actually just additional development actually beyond what it would have taken to make a linear game. It's not a shortcut for them, you know? Yeah. They really, really fleshed it out. And also with each thing, like you're at unlocking more story. Whereas Mm -hmm. I'm sure Abyssus is not going to be story driven. I'm sure it's gonna be much more in the gameplay and combat. As right. it is a Fippus. Fippus, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the official genre. I don't know, but like from roguelike perspective, you've always been hyped about gonna blank on the name, same people who did Oh wow. Dishonored. Thank you. And uh, thank yeah. you. Dishonored and Prey. We're talking about arcane pseudos, presumably Deathloop yes. upcoming, I assume. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I just have to look into your eyes and you, and you can just read my emotions. So thank you there. Well, I started smiling because I was like, I'm talking, we're going to talk yeah. about Deathloop for a second. Yeah. But I mean, do you, are you still excited for do you th- that? Do you think it will thrive, even though it's explicitly going to be roguelike? Yeah. I, I think it's like they're not for the similar, the exact same argument that it's good in Hades. Um, like they're building it into the base gameplay. They're not saying like, let's make the game more simple. Like we'll, we'll auto generate all this content. Instead, it's explicitly like the day progresses through these different time frames, and you can pick where you want to go. And it's like more procedural, procedural roguelike where maybe enemy placements change a bit. But that's not changing a lot. The most important things are you learning the path through the loops. Like, and what impacts what. Um, Which doesn't seem like laziness to me. It just seems like interesting game design. Yeah, I... I don't have much to comment on with it. It's just, I want to see where it goes. I really want to see... I want to watch you play it and get your direct feedback because I know you're the most excited for it. Um, Yeah. I don't know if it's something I'm going to jump on specifically, but I do mm-hmm. want to follow it for sure. Right. Now it looks really good. At the very least, they've done good presentation for it, and 
if it's kind of the next incarnation, it looks very much like Dishonored. I don't want to. I realize we've already talked about that loop a lot. I don't want to get too in depth on it, but um, I just I like Arcane's recent projects. I loved Prey. I actually like Prey a lot more than Dishonored, um, as far as a realization of the immersive sim formula. Uh, a billion percent agree with that. Because yeah. Dishonored was fun, from what I remember, because it was many years back. Mm-hmm. But it's it felt much more like just cheesing stupid AI, whereas yeah. mm-hmm. Prey had like exploration, and it was more of an immersive sim like Bioshock, where you cared about what was going on in the story. You want to get certain power ups. You mm-hmm. opted in certain things. You're like, how can I get through this door? Well, I don't have any tech. How strong can I? Can I punch through it? Maybe we'll punch through it. Right. Yeah, I think that's entirely fair. That's that's the same assessment I would give it. Prey has more questions to answer. It's much more freeform. It's more of an actual immersive sim. Dishonored is like easy path, kill everyone. More difficult path, kill no one. And then that relates to the chaos in the world. And then they played that across three games, essentially. Yeah. And then after the first um, one, I didn't feel the need to be like, I want more of this exactly. Mm-hmm. Although the protagonist of Dishonored 2 does have some really cool powers. It's not enough to play the game on its own. It's just if you had to pick one to play. Dishonored 2 is a good entry point. Maybe two. Yeah. Probably Dishonored 2. Death of the Outsider requires too much knowledge of other things going on. It's like, here's the game for the people who are invested in the world of Dishonored. Requires other outside knowledge? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Uh, Abyssus doesn't look bad though. Keep an eye on it. Hopefully it looks a little, like you said, little tied together for that trailer a little janky um i don't know how early concept that is compared to what the final game looks like but anytime i see just a trailer like that i i get suspicious because mm-hmm. it's literally uh to quote lyle wrath it's a no game no hype type thing <laughs> it's like i can't get excited about a thing if you're just showing me footage that's not actually going to be representing what it is right like yeah. It's cool on Steam where you're checking out a game that's listed. And it's like, hey, here's a trailer. Here's your get hype moment. But then afterwards, I have like, hey, here's actual in-game stuff. Mm-hmm. So you actually know like, oh, this is what I'll be experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. We've talked about mis, uh, misguiding trailers or trailers that aren't really indicating what the game's going to be like a bit more in the past. And there's just so much out there that a concept isn't enough normally to get me really excited anymore. Like perfect example of this Bethesda released um, when they were trying to divert attention from fallout 76, <laughs> they're like uh, Starfield is going to be our upcoming game. It's going to be a space type game. And people are like, is this ever actually going to be released? Or like, what's your time frame on this? And they're like, your children perhaps may see this game be released. They, they didn't outright say that, but they had nothing, right? Their trailer was a title card. It was the same with Elder Scrolls 6, right? A title card. Have you seen this Mountain Vista? This might be in the game if we make it. Looks it looks pretty good. Look at that lighting on this one. <laughs> a completely unrelated to gameplay or anything trailer. Yeah, like teasers, teasers are not. Like we have to have learned something from Cyberpunk don't tease your game decades before it comes out or a decade before it comes out. 
Yeah. Please. <laughs> I feel like everyone remembers the the initial cyberpunk thing with the lady with the arm blade prosthetics. Mantis blades. Mantis blades. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was like this really cool shot 3D render of a thing. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. that could be a thing in the game. And then yeah. nothing like the game. <laughs> yeah. The only thing they had in common is they did keep Mantis Blades. Yes. Uh, but I mean, so you could, that, that's just like a, for how I was rendering it in game. Uh, mash yeah. left click a bunch and hope you have heal on death, Prox. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, not at all reminiscent or in any way related to the storyline of the primary game. Because their trailer had like light storytelling. It's like, here's this person who went cyber psycho. Mm-hmm killed all these people and then she's actually like inducted indoctrinated into the cyber cyber psycho response squad right you see her at the in frames like with the police helmet uh on her um and uh yeah that had nothing to do with the game there was no as far as i remember any mention of uh the psycho response squad actually existing for the most part and then also (laughs) taking cyber psychos and recruiting them so anyways that's a very specific critique that's that's the low on the list of problems with cyberpunk (laughs) that they didn't realize the potential of the early trailer but the game was so far divorced from that by the end right like it had nothing to do with a trailer from nearly a decade ago i'm trying to think of something that i would have posted on facebook a decade ago and then Mm -hmm. Just look at it now and be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much anything. Um, Young me but. talked a lot of shit or just had stupid updates. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I I don't really post updates. <laughs> Surprise. You know, and when I talk about my complete lack of knowledge of anything going up on Facebook, I'm that's very true, but um definitely when I was a teenager, like I had a blog, I had a shared blog. Um, was posting stuff there, keeping up with friends on MSN a little bit later in life, much more active on Facebook. And now I'm just like, I don't know if I need any of that. (laughs) What's what are, what are some healthy communication uh, channels I can use to maintain contact with my friends? I've got discord. I've got steam. Okay. Basically (laughs) I, I would love to use only discord because easy to use uh can have be an app on my phone as well it's just certain people i don't game with but i still feel a need to keep in touch with a little bit right family or non-gaming friends yeah it's Mm -hmm. like as time goes on i'm like how close am i with these people yeah every single day i like (laughs) reevaluate all my relationships with everybody um right so that's fun you wake up and you go to the list (laughs) you just red marker drag x's over people well it's kind of like i feel sometimes i put in more effort than the person that i want to connect with is right um i think i told you recently i was talking to somebody and they just kind of like info dumped their entire life story and then after mm-hmm. we got off the call, they're like, hey, it was like nice catching up. And I'm like, I don't think we caught yeah. up. Uh, I yeah. think you wanted to talk about some stuff. But again, I had to reach out to them to like hear any of that. So I don't think I'm a part of their intimate circle. And that's fine. I don't have to be. Um, mm-hmm. It's just mismatch expectations. 
Yeah. But more and more, I just love to cut more people out of my life. But <laughs> also, like, strengthen the relationships that I do like. Yeah. The part two I can empathize with. Like, I've had... I, I had a recent conversation on Steam, which I never talk to people on Steam. Like, um, I there's p- plenty of people on my friends list. I do not remember who they are. <laughs> they came from a previous version of me in my mm-hmm. life that I have do not have close contact with. Um, but this guy like reached out, and I was just like, they just said like, "Hey, whatever." And like some hours passed, and then I responded like, "Hey, what's up?" You know, I don't really remember where you're from. <laughs> like, how do we know each other? Um, and then he was like, oh, sorry about that. Like my account was compromised and, uh, they were like reaching out to all my friends. Um, and we literally just had like a little back and forth of like, oh, you know, I'm glad that you, you regained access to your account. Cool. Cool. Um, still don't know where he was from. Um, I have to guess like old left for dead clan group for left for dead one. I don't know. Um, but the end result was like okay, like we, I still don't know you and the conversation kind of stopped. <laughs> but um, I have other people who like I was friends with and then just haven't talked to them in years, despite knowing that we share, you know, similar gaming um, spaces. It's just with without like Discord as the constant reminder, you're active on Discord and I can like interact with you there. I don't have ways to keep up with people. So are you saying that you like, want to reconnect with those people? I feel like I should. And I know like I've had friends with Dota that I've lost contact with that were great people. I guess I'm nostalgic for that sometimes. The friends you just kind of stop communicating with. But yeah, I no. I get that. There's no reason to, you know. But like So another reason thing, um I posted like a picture on Instagram and my location was tagged for something. And then somebody who was a buddy from college reached out. I was like, Oh, Hey, I didn't know you lived here. I live really close. We should do something sometime. Like, yeah, let me know. Nothing ever came of that. It's always like one of those good intentions. Like we should do a thing. Um, And it's not like I followed up with it either, but Mm -hmm. like I haven't spoken to this person in X amount of years. Do I like them? Sure. Do we need to hang out with them? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. Like if we, If we've been good this long apart, I don't think we need to be intimately a part of each other's lives. Um, yeah. So I think for anybody like that, you don't need to necessarily follow up with it. Um, but if they are somebody who you like and care about, mm-hmm. I guess keep making the effort. But I don't think you should make the effort to the point of like you keep saying like, hey, how are like trying to get be a part of their life if they're not really reciprocation. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Like don't burn your own time necessarily or a time that's useful for your own mental well being, trying to maintain a bunch of connections that are not naturally being maintained. Yeah. Like I'm just unless it's like, oh my God, I haven't talked to somebody in so long. Um and like we have that relationship where it's we cannot talk for a couple of months, but then like, hey, we let's get together, grab dinner and hang out. Um, right. Outside of that, just don't just don't. Because yeah. then 
if you do reach out and they don't reciprocate in the way you hoped, you're going to resent them mm-hmm. for it. And that just could be who they are. There's just a mismatch. Right. And it's not necessarily That's your fair. fault or theirs, but quit giving yourself shit and paying for it. I feel. <laughs> I'll count that as the life advice uh, question at the end of the episode. So stop reaching out to people. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, I mean, it's, I think it's just kind of the nature of growing up. And I feel for the most part, categorically we're adults at this point in life and like i think at this point we all know that it's natural to grow apart from certain groups but when we were told that as teenagers it was kind of like you will make other friends right like you'll find a different friend group you'll find different people that you interact meaningfully with through your life um And that is usually the case. That's usually true. Some people make the transition, make the jump, and that's great. Um, You have lifelong friends and things like that. Obviously, Dave and I grew up together. Um, But uh, you also, the part that they don't tell you is that there's not an equivalent exchange, like in numbers, right? So you will grow distant from current friends. It's not like you're making new contacts to replace all of that. Yeah, it's like high school, you were with a bunch of people who were in the same boat as you. College was a similar thing as well. And then after that, um, you really start to pick and choose. You're like, this work person who I met, do I want to get together for like a beer with them? Um, right. And usually not. Nah. Like, usually not. <laughs> I mean, I've met like a lot of nice people through like my career, but like, we're not going to become good close friends. Right. I feel like I already have those people. I'm open to. Yeah a new friend per se, but like how does one go and do that? How do you force a substantial meaningful relationship? And maybe like, would you say that it's a sort of a reduced bandwidth for meaningful friends, or maybe just you want more meaningful friends now instead of a bunch of acquaintances at this point? Like what's the difference now? Um, I mean, I, in your current phase in life, I definitely want more of a, a a stronger relationship with anybody who I hold close mm-hmm. rather than like, let's say we have like a friend get together that somebody else hosts. And it's like the person who's hosting uh, you guys, myself and some other people. So already I like a majority of that group, right? But like, let's mm-hmm. say somebody gets invited there who is like a friend of a friend, I don't give a fuck about you. Like, it might be nice <laughs> to see you. We might have a good time, but I'm not leaving that event thinking like, oh, I should get back in touch with so-and-so. Right. No, I get that. I do get that. Appreciate the time. Catch up briefly. Re-enter the standard ecosystem of friends in the circle around. Yeah, but it's... You know, okay, here's an example. At LAN party, right? Mm-hmm. There's always like a whole bunch of people, some of which you know very well, other ones you might not be as close with. Right. But if somebody like runs you like, hey, how you been? I hate that shit. Because like, mm-hmm. we haven't talked in a year. We obviously don't care how the other person has been intimately. It's a, like a, a pleasantry. But right. I'm going to give you the most top level shit I give to my grandparents. I'm fine. <laughs> Things are good. 
I'm not going to tell you about my intimate personal details because then what? What are you going to do with that? Just hold on to it and drop it in a the trash? <laughs> are you going to see me next time and be like, hey, uh, six months ago you mentioned something about like serious depression. Have you? Did you kill yourself? What's going on? Like, <laughs> right. he's, he's still around. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's. I don't want people having my personal shit unless I have their <laughs> personal shit. Yeah, no, I get that. And I only want you to have my personal shit and vice versa. If like we're close, it's mm-hmm. a trust thing. I think that's fair. Yeah. There is like, I was reading a discussion on Reddit not too long ago about the American, um, the American standard greeting of like asking how's, how's it going and how it's perfectly acceptable. There is but literally our podcast intro, like how's it going, Dave? And then you answer and sometimes you also ask how I'm doing mm-hmm. and sometimes you just answer and both of them are actually literally acceptable in the US form of it which is not actually asking how the other person's doing it's just a greeting right like you can subvert that and actually tell someone how you're doing but this could 99 could throw of the them time off. It's not good. <laughs> like right <laughs> i walked by somebody in my development did like a hey how's it going it's an acknowledgement yeah, exactly. at that point. It's, it's the not same thing a conversation surgery. It's the same thing as the, the the guy head nod, basically. It's just, just, it's just that acknowledgement, like I see you as a person, what's up? But like Yeah. The one up nod. <laughs> up nod. <laughs> if, if you, if you do a like a one down nod, that's you're a part of a secret society. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> all, all praise Cthulhu. Uh-huh. Yep. No, it's it's interesting, but it throws off um, foreigners or people visiting tourists and the whatnot. If um, they walk into a shop expecting to buy something and then the shopkeeper asks, I realize I'm using terminology like this is medieval times or an RPG, um, but the person at the register asks uh, about their own personal well-being. Uh, apparently not everyone's ready to respond briefly with a lie and then move about their day. <laughs> Yeah, it it's weird. I feel like mm-hmm. we have so many things where like this is how it is, except when it's not. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. silly, our policies and rules. They Speaking really of this is my, my segue, like segue into uh the stuff that's going on in Texas. True, policies and rules. And these policies the do not thing. rule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to give like a, a quick synopsis? Sure. I actually as incidentally listened to a New York Times podcast about this just like earlier today <laughs> when getting food. So um, in short, uh, the Texas legislature put forth a law that um, made it so that there is basically a public bounty um, where you can report people for getting an abortion after the sixth trimester or six week, I guess would be the proper way to put it um, slash actually correct. And there's a, a hundred thousand, not a hundred, ten thousand dollar bounty, but the same person could be sued by multiple individuals and you could sue either the practitioner providing the abortion or the individual receiving the abortion. Um, basically any culpable individuals. And the reason for this, which I wasn't aware of until I actually like listened to the podcast was because they would not be able to enforce this as a law from the legislature, like the state government or the individuals in government. 
um, because it would be blatantly unconstitutional. So instead, the law is that anyone, it empowers anyone to bring suit against these individuals that are participating in or um, assisting with abortions. Um, And the effect is much as one would expect. uh, Basically, none of the 24 uh, facilities in Texas that currently offer abortions um, are willing to do so past the sixth week which is very early. Most people don't actually know that they're pregnant until around that time. Yeah. Cause you don't really start to show until, unless mm-hmm. you're like actively trying and monitoring it. It's yeah. entirely possible. Like, you wouldn't know until that's like you missed a period, right? Month has passed. And then you have two weeks leeway. That's a very quick turnaround for making the determination to have an abortion compared to like when a fetus is viable, which is like 20 weeks, 22 weeks around that. Um, there's a massive timescale difference there. So how would you translate this law to a layman? Because my version is, if you hate women, uh, holy shit, this is a great law. Yeah. It's definitely a massive blow to personal autonomy. <laughs> um, And it's... So the Supreme Court ruled in on this and said that the law itself, they basically won't make a constitutional ruling on this to pause the law, its implementation. So it's live now in Texas. Um, And potentially, if someone were to be sued, then this could be escalated back up to the Supreme Court where they might make a constitutional call in that case. But it was five to four conservative justices for the most part. Um, in favor, liberal justices for the most part against, except John Roberts, who is kind of a a swing justice. He was appointed, appointed, I think, by George Bush. Um, or maybe even more recent. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he was George Bush. Um, because Kavanaugh was the most recent appointee. Yes. And John Roberts is kind of like he's the middle justice. He wants to be seen as the one that could go either way, and he really is. I guess that's not a layman approach. The, to answer your actual question of how the, the actual implication of this is that abortions are almost completely unheard of. Well, they will be almost completely unheard of in Texas um, and other states are likely to follow suit with similar laws or uh, variations of it. That is legitimately terrifying though. Um, mm-hmm. So spoken as somebody who has a dick, um, this is literally, yeah, to use the, the roughly appropriate term, not my jurisdiction. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> nobody, uh, especially let alone like a guy, should not be able to make a law or a ruling or some type of calling that would affect, as you said, your own personal mm-hmm. autonomy and your legal right. And especially something mm-hmm. that directly affects your body. So whether it's just yeah. personal choice, you don't want to have a kid, which is entirely valid, or if there's mm-hmm. like any health risk or there's like the complication of rape, which for some reason conservatives are still not. I don't understand their views on it. Really clear um, on. Yeah. Like all these things, that's you should be allowed to do that blanket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, my personal opinion is I would agree. <laughs> and again, you know, personal autonomy, I shouldn't have a say in the bodily autonomy of somebody else 
or infringe upon their rights. Um, but um, it's it's a bit of a crappy situation. Texas is leading the the group of uh, <laughs> really trying to force something through that will undermine Roe v. Wade and potentially lead to its overturn, which would be massive um, as far as um, abortion rights for the country. Um, but I don't think people know how it's going to end up right now. There is a conservative majority of justices. Um, even, you know, counting John, even if like uh, John Roberts goes, Chief Justice John Roberts goes the other way, that's not enough, you know, to yeah. overcome the conservative majority. Um, so we don't really know what will happen. <laughs> yeah. Although I do say you have a note in here that uh, there may be a little bit of recourse. Um, Satanism is is the word I'm reading right here. <laughs> yeah. So this was, so I found out what Satanism was in high school. So a brief blurb about my personal past. I grew up Christian at some point. I was like, what's the Christianity's uh, issues with gays and women? And I looked into it more. I'm like, this really isn't my bag. I looked up other mm-hmm. religions and like, well, what are their views on certain things? Um, mm-hmm. In general, a lot of religions are very much don't be a dick, but then they have specific rules of like, except against these people because fuck them. Whereas Satanism is much more, uh, hey, don't be a dick. Uh, do not infringe on people's individual rights. Um, so they mm-hmm. are technically classified as a religion, I believe. Yeah. So there yeah. is satanic, satanic temple temples in particular. Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, it's not a practicing religion. I don't think they necessarily have congregations, meetings. It's just mm-hmm. a religious organization or institution. But basically, um, they are, I believe, proposing legislature that this law is going to infringe on people's religious rights under the Satanic Temple. Yeah. So you don't even have to be a member of the Satanist church for this to apply to you, you can just say like, Hey, that's part of my beliefs. I'm with them. And they will say like, yeah, they're a part of our church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they realize that this is, even though it's not officially documented, fucking unconstitutional and infringing on people's individuals in, and people's individual rights. Yeah. It's, it's basically like, so there's different, there's actual Satanists out there. Like there's, I don't know. So I'm not sure exactly what the purview of the term Satanist is because there's people who believe so Satanism in Satan in and there's people who just its literally... definition is just the absence of God. Mm-hmm. It's not worshiping Satan. Yeah. In fact, I think one of the um, the core beliefs of the uh, Satanic Temple is that they don't actually believe in Satan. <laughs> like that's um, their tenets are actually really good. Yeah. And um, so there is one thing I was reading about this as it pertains to abortion is they do have what's called an abortion ritual, uh, which sounds terrifying. (laughs) But what it actually is, is like before you make a decision about your own personal bodily autonomy, look in a mirror and have a moment of self-reflection where you like reflect on the tenants. And I think the ones two, the two that they want people to reflect on prior to having an abortion are tenant three, which I'll quote as one's body is invaluable, inviolable, 
basically you're in control of your own body subject to one's own will alone and uh the other was i believe four uh which is the freedom of others should be respected or no what was it's not four um there's another one i can't remember what the second one was that they used i think four or one would be the two Yeah. yeah um I'll have to try to find that. I don't want to misrepresent like a religious institution, but the short of it is basically before and after an abortion procedure, have a moment of reflection, consider that this is your choice. Um, and that's basically the core tenant. Um, and it's really hard to disagree with any of their tenants. I think as a rational human being, um, the one that really stands out to me is tenant five, which is beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. That's huge. <laughs> like, cough, cough the past six years. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it's, it's actually kind of crazy. Well, it's not crazy. This is probably the best argument against um, re- like any sort of religious justification for banning abortions is that you can't at the same time ban abortions because of a, a religious, um, like on any sort of religious standing and uh, at the same time not discriminate against religions that explicitly allow people's own bodily autonomy, which is the satanic temple. That's this, they're standing for this issue. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds because part of the issue with the chilling effect of the law is that all of these places offering abortions actually just stopped offering them after six weeks. Whereas in order to go back up to the Supreme court, they would have to offer one after six weeks and then be sued and then escalate it back up the court circuit to the Supreme court. That's the way that the law actually has to be contested. And the satanic temple is taking a different approach, which is good because none of the, as I said, none of the institutions are actually offering abortions past six weeks, um, which is hold up. You're infringing on our religious beliefs. I'm glad that one fucking institution will stand to reason because holy shit i like when you grow up in religion with whatever form it takes statistically christianity or catholicism at this point if you're in the united states um so much of it influences other things that you don't realize uh until you're outside of it like Mm -hmm. christianity and like nationalism is just indoctrinated so much into kids in just like minor ways, like Pledge of Allegiance, saying that America is the best, saying that abortion's bad, um, and just giving it this view of, hey, this is just Christianity's belief, uh, not necessarily your belief. But if it's the only thing you're yeah. fed, it's the only thing you know. So you start to take issues with like, why are they trying to attack Christianity? Why are they trying to kill babies? No, no, no. That's how they're framing it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe somebody's not ready to be a parent 
Maybe they just like have like having sex and don't want to be a parent. Who'd have fucking thought? That's me. Right. Like we've I've never had an abortion with any of my partners, thankfully, mm-hmm. because I don't think it's going to be like a a nice, fun, quick, easy experience that anybody wants. Right. But at the same yeah. time, like we're still young and like figuring out what we want to do with our lives. Why would you want to commit to have a kid and a responsibility? Because mm-hmm. like as much as I don't like kids. I understand that if I had one, it would become my entire life because I want to make sure that the kids right. okay, taken care of. Um, I can support you have them a responsibility. financially. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's literally part of the difference. I mean, places that have higher rates of abortion are those that have lower rates of contraceptive use. Like that shouldn't surprise anyone, but that's part of the religious sort of paradox here is like not necessarily a paradox it's not a true paradox if the end result is you want more kids everyone to have more kids then yes lowering contraceptions lowering uh, acceptability of abortions like would result in more kids but what it also increases is unsafe abortions uh back alley dealings things like that and those are gonna those are gonna happen right you're gonna have people who can't afford to leave the state and they need to like they'll feel compelled to have this resolved using an abortive procedure that's now no longer safe. Um, like if you care about people, the people who are living right now and not potential future life as a concept, then it really doesn't make any sense to endorse these kinds of laws and legislature. But this is by far the most political I think we've actually ever been. <laughs> on the show i think we talked about video games once for like 10 minutes and then <laughs> it's yeah. been like how do you feel about personal relationships also and i did look up the uh, abortion ritual it was tenant three and five so one's body is invaluable and belief should conform uh, to the best scientific understanding of the world okay those were the two i didn't want to be wrong on that because there's you know it's a religion and you should, you should treat them seriously where you can. Yeah. Um, but I believe the satanic temple, correct me if I'm wrong, if you found something I did not, but I believe that mm-hmm. they are also offering financial support to, if anybody is being sued under this currently, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me. They, they are an advocacy group. Um, I don't have any specific information, but at the very least you should, you know, if you're someone affected and you want better advocacy, I would reach out for them. Um, I do know people can also get like membership cards, which lends some legitimacy here. <laughs> um, as it's a religion, you don't need official. You don't need an ID to say that you're a member of any religion. No, it's just like, like we have a lot of religious freedom. Just like you don't need country. to buy our merch to say you're a fan of the show. But if you'd like, right. But if you really want to be a fan. Well, it's just, um, but I think it is that way. It is kind of repping the brand, so to speak. So the yeah. same way people mm-hmm. have like bumper stickers or merch for like a t-shirt. You're saying like, Hey, I like either th- this person's art or their beliefs or something that they do mm-hmm. that I get benefit from. So yeah, if you want to rep it by getting a card, by all means, um, mm-hmm. I actually am considering getting one of their mugs because it looks pretty mm-hmm. badass. Um, I'm also probably going to donate towards their campaign for this specifically um, because I I know some women and I don't dislike them. 
Right. <laughs> hot, hot take. <laughs> Even some women who I do know and dislike, um, that's still their fucking right. Uh, and mm-hmm. as a white guy, I do not have many rights infringed upon. Um, so I think it's even more onus on me to try and help out other people who do not have my exact experience instead of assuming, mm-hmm. oh, well, they can just not go to Texas. They can go somewhere else. Like people mm-hmm. have infinite time and money to just work around shitty laws. And it's it's very much like I don't want to say that it's a slippery slope. I don't want to say this is a slippery slope and have a slippery slope fallacy. But I think legitimately it is like if the rulings in Texas are not contested, other states will have more standing to introduce similar laws. Like this is how legislature works in the United States is if yeah, it's based on a law is passed and it's not challenged. Exactly. Then other um, laws are much more likely to have standing to be passed and um, erode the freedoms enacted by Roe v. Wade. That's literally how so, certain uh, court rulings will work because it said, well, mm-hmm. we'll back in. Well, even like the whole thing with fucking Cosby, um, mm-hmm. because of something that got fucked up 17 years ago, that caused an issue here. Um, right. So in a similar fashion, if there was a precedent of we made this ruling for this exact scenario here, you kind of then have to look at that as an example going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we should, I, I will, I'll put it in, I'll send you the link so you can include it in the description, but a, a link to their, um, uh, tenants and the abortion ritual and how to get in contact with everybody uh, regarding this. So that if you are someone affected or, you know, someone affected, um, you can have more advocacy here. Um, cause I think both of us feel strongly that people should have advocates uh, for their own, you know, reproductive rights and. Do you remember, do you remember is, what we were talking is, about before we started recording? I said the phrase, like, nobody gives a shit about you except for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is an example of that. <laughs> like, so, like, a larger organization, like the government in this case, doesn't necessarily give a fuck about you. They give a fuck about some archaic ruling from a Bible or something else, mm-hmm. which, by all means, subscribe to your own beliefs if they don't affect anybody else. But if you're mm-hmm. using that as a precedent to affect multiple other people's lives who you do not know and you should not have say over go fuck yourself yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's i would i would probably take a less uh, aggressive stance but at the same time my messaging (laughs) would be the ultimately be the same i mean like one of the core tenets here is don't infringe upon others um bodies don't you know um respect other people's freedoms and those are fundamentally what's at stake here um we're saying no everything should conform to this one beliefs approach and as opposed to allowing different beliefs to to have um their own you know implementation their own autonomy right um like do you know what's funny? Going back to, let's say, elementary, middle school, high school, you know, when we had certain holidays, you're like, oh, yeah, of course we have Christmas. And then, like, you'd see some kids who are out for like Ramadan, you're like, the fuck's that about? Oh, that's them uh, exercising their religious freedom to celebrate 
a holiday. It's important to their religion. And that's not yeah. your fucking mm-hmm. business. They'll right. do the homework later, Tim. <laughs> not sure why I chose yeah. Tim. It's well, <laughs> Tim is usually the one who who does. He's always raising the arguments of how we should stop respecting Ramadan. I'm not really sure what Tim's got going on, but it's it's a nice one syllable thing. Also, that's my dad's name. I'm not meaning to target you, Dad, if you're listening. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, definitely something worth researching, following up on. Um, could affect you, could affect people that you love and uh, care for. So it's something that, you know, I don't think that we're the most advocacy-driven podcast no, out there. definitely not. Um, and we're not even a political podcast. We're not even a policy podcast. But potentially, you know, we have people, you know, we have people down in Texas who uh, could be affected by this. We have friends. Um, and even if we didn't, then we have friends who have friends, right? It's We, we got to watch out for each other and ensure that at the, at the end of the day, no one's rights and personal autonomy is being tread on by the government, the government or you know um other individuals and so i would read the tenants give them a look-see i think it's super edgy to say i'm usually the edgelord in video games and everything like that i advocate for all of that uh even myself i don't know if i would go to a family reunion and be like hey i found this new religion and it's the satanic temple and expect everything to go well but um it's literally the first thing in their FAQ is that they don't believe in the supernatural or Satan. So you don't have to subscribe to that part of it. Right. (laughs) Um, But out of all of the religions I've found out or I've investigated, uh, this has the most grounds in rationality since it is completely divorced from superstition. So I'm a fan. I would like to second that statement. (laughs) um so check the description if you're interested apparently we're now advocating for a religion um (laughs) give it a look-see uh if it's not to your liking that's absolutely fine we'll still advocate for your personal bodily autonomy um as best as we can through our podcast i guess (laughs) um and uh yeah we already had words of wisdom I can't think of any good topic that would follow up off this. I want to make a a clarification in one of my statements because earlier I said, uh, if I don't know you, I don't give a fuck about you. And then later Mm -hmm. I'm like, we should care about all people. So Mm -hmm. separate thing. I don't need to care about you individually as a person, but I still think you should have all the rights and access to things that you need as a person. 100%. Right. But we don't need to be close friends. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but if you do want to be close friends with Dave, uh, you could send him an email at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you could just join the discussion on Facebook, talk about Dave every week, I presume, at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. <laughs>